Welcome to Songwriter Trists, an intimate podcast that interviews artists about the art of songwriting and find out more about the life behind the songs. I am singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. Christy Lamb, thank you so much for joining me on A Songwriter Trist. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. I wanted to first start by saying I've listened to your music and you have the most beautiful country voice. I I just fell in love with it. So thank Thank you for sharing your gifts. I got that old country soul, that boondah swag and stroll, rock it wherever the podcast by getting the artist to you in your own words to talk a little bit about who you are and where you come from. Well, I was originally born in England and I came to Australia when I was six, almost seven. So um, as my parents would say, I sounded Australian within two weeks, I think. I was in the back of the car going, I went to school today and I did this and I had all the Aussie inflections going up and mum and dad couldn't quite believe how well I adjusted over here. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I guess I had a really different childhood. I I went from basically growing up with a lot of family to having a very little family. There's just my my parents and my brother and I, and that's it in Australia. So, you know, Christmases are quite quiet for us. We don't have the big extended family um, gatherings and things like that. So we're a very close little family and we, we do everything together. And mum and dad came over here to try and give us a better life and um, lifestyle and have done everything for us. So growing up, if we wanted to try things, we, we got to try everything. I've done dancing, mm. I've done gymnastics, I've done piano, guitar, you know, athletics, anything that I wanted to do. Um, they were always open for that because that's the reason we moved here to be able to do all those things for kids. And I guess um, my my older brother would say I've always been a noisy little sister. <laughs> I, I've always been singing and tap dancing around the house and I tried yodeling at one point, which didn't get very far. Um, I just stuck to the singing instead. And once I picked up that guitar and started writing songs, I kind of felt like I, I found what I wanted to do and what suited me and that was writing country songs. That's beautiful. So you found home in singing and playing on guitar. Yeah, definitely. And um, I ended up going to a a performing arts high school and all those different things. So I I had plenty of opportunities before I was 18. And you can finally sing in pubs and clubs and all that kind of thing to to be able to express myself and um, try out things before I had a big proper audience in front of me. That's beautiful. I'm so impressed that you had parents willing to do so much to provide that quality of life and opportunity for you. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're yeah, parents, but they're pretty much my best friends as well. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, where, whereabouts in the UK were you born? 
Um, I was born in a, a small little town called Mansfield. Um, it's kind of near Nottingham, that area, and I always say I'm from Robin Hood lands. Um, Sherwood Forest <laughs> is not very far from Mansfield itself, so um, everyone knows of Robin Hood, so that that's my little claim to fame right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Have you gone back much now that you're older? Um, I, I left when I was six and then, yeah, we were pretty much, you know, um, my mum and dad tried to provide a lot for us and, you know, there's only my dad working as a butcher, so it's not a, a huge income and mm. stuff like that. So basically it was pretty hard for us to, to ever get back. Um, but when I was 16, I went back. So it was 10 years later, um, for my granddad's mm. 60th birthday. And that was actually a, a family surprise. My granddad had paid for all four of us to come back over because he wanted us there for his 60th and wow. we just surprised the whole family and came down the stairs and no one knew we were there so that was that oh, was pretty yeah. special and then um I've been back twice since uh four years ago for my cousin's wedding and then just last year for the other cousin's wedding <laughs> oh that's good isn't it funny how weddings are the best reason to travel overseas <laughs> but, yeah. My, yeah, my definitely. husband's from Cornwall and um, one of the oh, reasons we even had a wedding was because we knew that that was the only time in our lives that we would probably have our two families together in one place. Well, that was from my plan before. for this year, but it didn't happen because of COVID. So, you know, I'm a COVID bride and didn't get to have oh, the really? wedding this year and they were all set to fly out at the end of March and as we know, pretty much the middle of March is when the borders all shut and the world all went into lockdown. So yeah, that's been, that's heartbreaking. uh, Yeah. It was a bit devastating because that was my thought. Exactly. I haven't had the birthdays and the Christmases with the whole family around. And I thought, you know, my wedding day is that one day, um, my cousins were going to be my bridesmaids. So I've, I've got a 30 year old cousin, a 27 year old cousin and a 10 year old cousin now. So they were going to be my bridesmaids. Um, and yeah, it, it, the borders just shut and they were ringing, trying to, you know, figure out if they were going to be able to get through and still quarantine or anything like that. But then by the start of April, um, weddings were down to yeah. five people anyway, and it just wasn't going to be possible. So yeah, we're still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. So did you actually end up getting married or? No, we're, we're still it? waiting. Um, cause even, okay. even some of the other guests that we wanted to be there, we've got so many guests from interstate as well and um we were thinking about oh you know it'll be done in six months how about you know october um for a wedding nice spring wedding and as we know borders are still shut so um we're we're looking at 2021 we don't know how much longer we want to wait and hold off we've been together you know seven and a half years now so it's kind of like this time we we just moved into our first house this year um and you know we're all set to have the whole family influx and (laughs) come stay with us and then it was like no we're going to test your your relationship before you get married and you're going to live together and you're going to be locked down together and you know we're still standing so (laughs) we're still planning on getting married (laughs) oh well at least you you're letting love continue through all the heartache but having family together and connection is such a big and important part of celebrating and what life's all about and um I hope that yeah we you can work out a solution I think there's a lot of people that are suffering the lack of connection and family connection through all of this and 
Yeah. yeah it's horrible. Like, My husband turns 40 this week, actually, which is oh, a nice. podcast. But he has been planning a trip to catch up with his mates from the UK. They were going to meet in Vegas this week. Oh. Um, and and they've been planning that for like the last 10 years. You know, the big 4-0, we're all going to go to Vegas and have a big yeah. midlife crisis um, <laughs> do in in doing Vegas and and yeah it just um everyone's plans have been turned on their heads uh, and we've just got to keep our heads up I guess yeah exactly um we don't have an end date in sight which is the hardest part of trying to plan these trips and rearrange dates yeah. and stuff like that but you know we've just got to see how it goes and everyone do their bit and hopefully we can get through it a lot quicker one day at a time yeah. Exactly. Let's go back to when you first found your home on the guitar and singing. Tell me, do you remember writing your first song? I do. It was called Rip It Up and I was 14 Ooh. years old and I thought it was, you know, ripping up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it was just about, yeah, it was kind of um, a song about myself because I didn't know what else to write about and it was about um, being naturally quite a shy person um but when mm. I come on stage something comes over me and I you know I want to rip it up on the stage and that's where I feel at home yeah. and comfortable and all that kind of thing um and yeah I thought it was okay you know I'll write a few more songs see if I get better at this you know it's only got to get better right and um yeah. my mum actually sneakily entered me in the Tamworth Songwriters Association um, national competition that they have in January oh, wow. during the, the festival. And um, I think she entered yep. three songs of mine and um, two were in the top five. And, yeah, I ended up winning oh. the section with the very first song I ever wrote. And I thought, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I <laughs> thought. And, you know, it was a nice bit of encouragement to, to keep putting that wow. pen to paper and um, seeing what else I can come up with. That's so important, isn't it, for kids to get that sort of encouragement? You oh, know, yeah. We all definitely. have, yeah, massive insecurities and to be recognized and supported in such a way. I think, you know, the world was telling you that this is what we need you to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, um, yeah, not too pleased with Bum when I found out. I was like, oh my goodness, really? what have you done? And uh, that's so embarrassing. You know, it's not going to do anything. Aww. And then when I actually won, I, I apologized to Mum and thanked her for actually doing it and taking that step. And yeah, it was kind of the little kickstart I needed. Yeah, you had someone who believed in you and then you had encouragement from industry professionals as well. I mean, that's that's a golden um a golden kick in the bum. <laughs> I <reckon laughs> yes, to definitely. tell you what you should be doing. So, um I'm really glad that she did that. Well done, mum, if you're listening. <laughs> um so was there a clear moment for you or is there a time when you can go yeah, that's the moment that I decided this is actually what I'm going to do with my life. I think, yeah, everything for me was kind of about that 14, 15 age bracket. Um, you know, we're, we're in year 9, 10 at high school and, you know, you've got to pick your HSC subjects and um, all those kind of things. And a lot of people, particularly my friends, even when they'd done the HSC, were like, I still don't really know what I want to do. But I, mm. I always knew I wanted to be in the arts somehow, whether it was um, I, I was quite a serious dancer as well until I had a, a knee injury that kind of 
put a bit of a, a stop to that. Um, I still yeah. did it all the way up through my HSE, but after that um, I took a stop to that and just pursued music full time. Um, but, yeah, I've always loved it. Like I said, there was there was no shutting me up, unfortunately, for my older brother's sake. <laughs> I was always yeah. um, annoying him in some way, as little sisters are supposed to do. I, I was very yeah. successful in that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just always loved it. And I've always been told by my parents growing up, you know, if you can find something you love, then you're on to a winner. And I thought, well, that's what I love. So mm-hmm. I'll try that first. And yeah, there's been no looking back. I, I still went to uni and I, I got um, an academic scholarship for uni. So I thought, oh, you know what, I'll get a degree anyway but I still did it in music and everyone's like, why, why did you do that? Like you got results. You could have gone and done a, a doctor's degree in science and, <laughs> and I went, but that's, that's not my number one. Like music is number one for me. It's what I've always loved to do. So I've got a bachelor of music and by the time I was about 20 and finished that, um, I remember it was actually driving back from Tamworth in the car with mum and she just looked at me and went, now are you going to go and do your, um, dip ed and get your teachers on top so you can teach in high school. And I looked at her and I was like, yeah, I probably should get a plan B. And mum's just looked at me and gone, um, you know, you're young, you may as well try now and you can always go back and, you know, if you don't make it in music, you can always go back and get your teachers later. Like, um, why don't you just give it a full shot now? And I looked at my mum going, you know, that's pretty cool. My parents are like basically saying, you've yeah. got time for a plan B, like follow your heart and do it now kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? As soon as she said that, I felt like a weight on my shoulder. I was like, yes, that is my plan. I'm going to do that. Um, and, yeah, I still haven't gone back and got the teacher's degree yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she gave you permission to follow your heart. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think she could see that I was tossing around with it going, you know, um, if I don't do it now, I probably won't go back and do it. And, um, do I want that safety net? And, you know, cause music isn't a, a safe job in any instance. I mean, look at it right now. We haven't played a gig for over six months, so you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, she kind of just looked at me and I think she knows me better than I know myself and was like, this is yeah. what you should do. Are you, you you can go back. You are quite studious. You know you've got this far. Um, you will be able to go back and do it again if you want to. So I think that was the kind of little permission I needed to just really give this my full energy. Then I never seen your face. Never would have heard your name. I wouldn't be up all night right now feeling this way. I wish you were a cowboy. mum gave you permission and that kind of allowed you to follow your heart was there like someone that you looked up to or a musical person that inspired you to say yeah I can do this I can be like them but my own version when I was in my final year of uni I landed my first big national tour around Australia um with the, the rock and roll legend that is John English and um, mm-hmm. as most people 
might know. Um, some people might not know out there. I'm engaged to his son now. Um, that's how we met, was on that tour back in 2012. Mm. And, um, yeah, I guess I, I kind of saw him. I didn't know much about him because, you know, I'm of that age where I was a bit too young and I'd, you know, been born in England and I wasn't, mm. you know, growing up with him on TV like, um, my fiance, he's, he's 10 years older than me and it's more for people his age would have seen him growing up on TV yeah. and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I completely went in and I'm glad I didn't know much about him to be honest, because then I would have been intimidated by how big his career was and all that. Mm. And, oh my gosh, this is my first tour. What am I doing here? I'm not that experienced, you know, all those uh-huh. doubts would have come flooding back in. Um, but yeah, I guess seeing someone who's done all that and just how humble they are and such a great storyteller. And that was my thing of going, you know, I want to be a country singer. Should I be taking this rock and roll tour? And, you know, are people going (laughs) to think I'm a rock and roll singer and not embrace me in country music and things like that? Um, Mm. But, yeah, when I saw him on stage and his ability to tell stories and I listened to rock and roll songs from back then and think, you know what, they sound like country songs now, you know. (laughs) Um, So I kind of went, yeah, it's not that different a world, you know. Um, So Mm. I learned a lot about stage presence and storytelling from him. And then I guess, yeah, I guess after that I've been going to Tamworth every year um, since I was Mm. 14 and this will be the first year I'm not heading up that New England highway and, you know, going up to Tamworth. But I started out busking the streets and doing the talent quest and then doing yeah doing all the small pub gigs and things like that and going to trek and seeing the big shows and the big artists and um my dream was to someday work with Lee Kernigan and I've been lucky enough to do that and yeah I guess it's it's been a bit of a crazy whirlwind but everyone that you work with teaches you something is what I've I've learned. So um, those two in particular would have to be really big influences on myself and what kind of lyrics I write. I mean, I look at Lee and just go, you're just writing your own truth. Why don't I do Mm. that? But, you know, when you're a teenager and in your young 20s, you're kind of like, oh, my life's not that interesting. I haven't lived that much. I'll write about other people or I'll make stories up. And it's only just now that I'm kind of looking at them going, yeah, I've lived a bit more. I can tell a bit more um, stories. Mm. I'll, I'll be truer to myself, and that's kind of from encouragement of people like Lee. Yeah, I'm expecting a cool song about a COVID wedding breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I've written about other breakdowns, like car breakdowns that I've had, and you know, people <laughs> having to help us out, and all those kind of things. You know, I've I've experienced a lot more now, and I think the the next album will definitely have um a lot more home truths in it that's for sure (laughs) yeah and that that is a part of I guess songwriting but you get to be creative too and express yourself in different ways and I I think I've heard that that idea from younger artists say oh I haven't lived that much so I don't know what to write but I think that's the beauty of art is that whatever you write at any age in your life you're capturing where you're at and that yeah. is beautiful. You know, whether you're youthful or whether you're older, all stages of life are beautiful, no matter what age you are and what you've gone through. Yeah, I think it's beautiful to create and capture that. And even if you're telling a story, it's still going to be seen through your eyes at your age. 
And that may be completely different when you're older. Do you have like a a core message or hope when you're writing songs that you want to portray or like what you want your music to be in the world? Um, I guess particularly with, you know, COVID and all that's happened this year, um, I think there's two ways music's going to sound next year. It's going to have a lot of, you know, there could be some sorrowful music about the feelings of isolation and being on your own and all those kind of things and or there's going to be the other side which is the angle that I've gone and it's all about you know the positives in what you can find and you know what we hope to see on the other side of this, you know, getting back together, catching up for drinks, you know, all those kind of simple things that we've taken for granted. Um, So my main approach with writing songs recently has just been to write something up-tempo, something fun, catchy, because people need fun and they need um, an escape and some positivity because it's so easy to get down, particularly right now, that, I want to keep everything up. So that's been my main goal. There's not been a particular subject or, you know, kind of on the the mind or a concept, but it's just been the overall arch of fun and positivity. I love that. I think fun gets underrated sometimes and it's <laughs> like the key most important thing that everyone needs in their life because if you're not having fun, what's the point really? <laughs> Exactly. There's a time and place to be, you know, serious, but we all need that escape as well. (laughs) Yeah. And I think sometimes we can take ourselves too seriously and we need to be reminded and grounded and humbled that Mm -hmm. we we do need to have more fun. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's, I love that. Cool. What about co-writing? Have you done a lot of co-writing? Yeah. I... I started out when I was a teen and, you know, you don't have a lot of exposure to to other songwriters and artists and things like that, writing purely on my own. And now I can't imagine going back to that. I love co-writing. It's um, my favourite part of the experience. Um, I always make sure that the idea stems from me, whether it's the title, the whole, like, mapped out storyline of the song, whatever it is, um, stems from me so I can sing about it and I've, I feel like I can convey this story or message. Um, But then it's nice to throw it to someone else and see if they put a little twist on it that I haven't thought of that, um, you know, might take it to a different place than I was originally thinking, but it's still your own concept and you're still able to relate to it kind of thing. Um, And, yeah, it's just it's really interesting to get that back and forth energy and, Sometimes people will say things in the room and, you know, they get no response. And then, But that idea might trigger the next person to go, okay, maybe not that, but let's reword it into this kind of thing. And then we're all like, yes, and then it gets everyone flowing, you know. So there's mm. no such thing as a bad idea in songwriting. It's what I've had to no. learn to embrace myself because, you know, when I first started, you don't want to voice something going, oh, that sounds stupid or that's terrible. No one's going to like that. So you just keep it to yourself. But yeah. A lot of the time I've seen a bad idea spark someone else a great idea. So it's always better to just throw it out there and if it hits a wall, then that's fine. But, you know, if it bounces back at someone else, great. <laughs> that is such good advice. And honestly, I've been doing quite a few podcasts and not one person has said that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but there you I, go. Think that, I think that is brilliant, uh, 
brilliant way of saying it and giving permission to other people to, yeah, have bad ideas because that's fine. I mean, it's just a thought process out loud and it, it is vulnerable, but um, we all have bad ideas. But like you said, that's where the good ones come from. So thank yeah. you so much for saying that. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> um do, do you have a routine now of how you prepare before you go into a co-write? What, what does that look like? Um, yeah, my partner, Jonathan, will tell everyone about this red folder of mine <laughs> that I take everywhere. Okay, yeah. so every, it's just a, you know, a red plastic sleeve folder, but I just type away on my laptop any title or concepts and things like that and then I print it all off before I go to Nashville and it's like 36 pages of titles or you know different stories because you know the people you're working with might not jump at the first idea that you say like they Mm. might not be able to relate to it themselves but third or fourth idea they might go I love that let's write it and you need to have those Mm. extra titles and ideas up your sleeve because if you've only got one idea for every single writer that you write with they might not like them and jump at them and then you're left with nothing so yes I I always prepare the red folder (laughs) with lots of titles lots of stories um concepts that kind of thing because I don't like to do too much before I get in there and have it too set in stone that they feel like they can't throw in too much input either but I like to have a basis to start from and then we can work on the melody together and writing the actual lyric out together. Um, yeah, I feel like that works for me. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, what's the best advice you've ever been given in this industry? Pretty much what I might have said earlier is don't be afraid to suck, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it was put to me as bluntly as that. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah you know, it'll spark someone else, even if it's not the exact right way of saying it, but someone else might get what you're trying to say and tweak it and make it better. And, you know, that's a co-write. That's someone's idea just reworked. And, yeah, together you've made something great from something that sucked. So, you know, dare to suck is (laughs) the best thing I've probably been told. It took a lot of pressure off those shoulders, but I finally learned that, you know, People weren't expecting every word out of my mouth to be genius. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. It's there's a lot of pressure to be perfect because it's not there achievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other things to being an artist. There's obviously the songwriting, the performing. You've got your image and your branding, and you know, because you put yourself out there on social media and all those kind of things. Sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're putting yourself out there, therefore. Um, you're putting yourself out there to be criticized and it's like no I'm just expressing myself kind of thing but you know there's always going to be the Mm. trolls and things like that and if you can have a certain environment where you know you found people that you're comfortable working with and you cannot be perfect in that room it's a great feeling Mm. because I feel like you've got to be perfect in so many other ways um that's probably one of my favorite parts of the job is the writing of the songs because there isn't that pressure and you don't have to record everything you've ever written. If I did, there would be like, I don't even know, up to 500 songs out there. But, you know, not everything you write is a hit. So, yeah, Yeah. dare to suck. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's really good. And isn't it great, though, when you do write that many songs and you find one that just, you feel like, yeah, this is what I'm going to record and 
you know, you yeah. fall in love with it. Isn't it amazing? Oh yeah. It's the best feeling. You walk out of that room and you get into the car and um, I'm, I feel really lucky that, you know, my partner is musical and is on this whole adventure with me and, you know, is in the writing mm-hmm. session with me and can see when I've had a great day and, you know, say, wow, yeah. you, you really pulled that one out the bag or, you know, vice versa, I can to him and things like that mm-hmm. and get to enjoy those highs together. But, you know, sometimes you come out of a ride together and just look at each other and go, let's not even talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. You can be so open and honest with each other. I think the, the best relationships are when you are first and foremost best friends. Yeah. And yeah. I can I can hear that in your relationship. So that's a keeper. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice to someone who's just starting out as a songwriter? Um, I guess persistence is key. Like I, if I hadn't have had that moment of encouragement from TSA and my mum secretly entering me, that kind of thing, I probably would have been down on myself and just gone yeah, they're okay, they're nothing special, I'm just going to stop. But everything gets better. The more you do something, the better you get. You know, the more you mm. lift, lift weights, the more that muscle is going to build, you know, and then it's kind of the same thing. It's your brain is a muscle that needs working. Um, no one's good at anything when they first start, really. Um, you might have a slight natural inclination for it but you're not going to be the best at it if you've never done it before so you just got to keep telling yourself um yeah to to stick at it and everything only gets better with with time i'm going to get my seven-year-old to listen to this podcast just so he can hear that one message because he's he's going through that age where if he can't do it straight away he thinks he's no good and he'll give up really quickly and it's like you do have talents, but talent still needs a certain level of work ethic to develop that talent. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, in this day and age, there's a lot of pressure for kids to like know what they want to do automatically. And, you know, you've got to start so young because everyone's starting younger and younger these days. Um, It is a very competitive headspace and, for me, I just look at country music and the amount of awesome songwriters and singers we have just in Australia alone and look at everybody and go, okay, that's awesome, but that's their thing. I'm not going to do that because, you know, if I was to pretend to be the girl from the bush, it, we all know Lee Kearney is the boy from the bush, but um, it's like that's not me. I grew up in England and then I live in southwest Sydney. I'm not from the bush, you know. I yeah. can't write about living in the scrub. Like that's that's not me. Um, everyone's got their own lane and their own thing to say um, and their own truth. And once you learn to accept that in my own head, um, things were a lot easier when you stopped kind of comparing yourself to everybody else out there and just go, but they're not doing what I do and I'm not doing what they do, there's a place for everybody.
fight with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, as soon as you said it, I had like three faces spring to the forefront in my head. So I don't yeah, know how many. <laughs> Just one. Um, you, you can tell me all three. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, Dolly Parton, Shania yes. Twain, and Keith yes. Urban. They would be my ah. three ultimates, and they're all still alive. So, you know, I've got a slight yeah. hope of one day achieving that, but, you know, we can all dream. <laughs> uh, they are all on my list, absolutely. Maybe we'll um, organise a three-way. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because that would be um, <laughs> Wouldn't that just be amazing to be able to pick their brains and see what comes out from not just their DNA and their experience, but mixing that in with your own and what comes out of that would be so cool. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, what have you been up to outside of not having a wedding? Um, <laughs> yeah, this year was meant to be pretty big, but it's it's turned mm. out to be the quietest year that I've ever had. Um, I was meant to, you know, I still had a few Back Road Nation tour dates with Lee and the Wolf Brothers. They got cancelled. Mm. Um, my own got cancelled. Uh, wedding got cancelled. The trip to Nashville. Um, I, I went last year to do some songwriting, but this year I was going to go over and songwrite again, but I was also going to be representing Australia on the Global Artist Showcase over there um, during CMA oh, Fest. Wow. That didn't happen, oh. you know. So it was, oh, a, no. it was a big year of letdowns in that way give you a big cuddle (laughs) (laughs) you know but um yeah I think everyone's postponed it or is it just been cancelled like do they say oh we're going to redo this but next year or well I think a lot of festivals are doing that um particularly Mm -hmm. over here they're trying to keep the same lineups if they can but I mean the big festivals like CMC where you've got international artists coming out they're going to have to change their lineups to make it all Australian um, and things like that. So hopefully the offer will still stand for 2021. Um, Hopefully things are better by then and it can go ahead. Um, But right now with places like the UK and America, it just makes me very lucky that I'm here, um, that I, I live here and we've got it quite good and we're quite safe compared to some of the rest of the places in the world right now. Um, so yeah. right now I'm just yeah, taking some downtime. My, my last album's just finished. We've released the last single from that. And I'm taking stock of songs that I've written from last year's natural trip. And I've done some more co-writing over zoom, which is a, a completely different headspace. Um, but we've got yeah. some good ones out of that too. So hopefully when these borders open up and, you know, we can work with producers and musicians, um, that we want to work with that mm. might not be in the same state as us, we can all get back into the studio and I'm pretty much ready to record these, this next bunch of songs and get some new fun, positive songs out there for everybody. Thank you so much for being a part of it and just sharing your story and your journey a little bit more with us. And sounds like I am missing out because I haven't seen you perform live yet. Um, <laughs> it might be a little while away yet now. still, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, um, hopefully next time we're in the, the same place at the same time. I'd, I'd love to see you in person. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Have you um, got anything planned yet or is nothing, like, booked in? 
I've I've got a couple of like local gigs, but even they've been hard to to work up because you know people are trying to just do a soloist in the corner at a pub. Like they're not even open to duos, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you know, I want to put on a show. Um, so yeah. there's only been a, a couple of venues I've been able to do in Canberra, and I've got one coming up with Amber Lawrence as well out at Windsor, which is fairly local for us. Um, And that's with four of us on stage, but it's a big stage so we can still be socially distanced. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's been a bit of a challenge and dealing with capacities that we're allowed to have and you're not allowed to dance and all these things, which is very strange to, you know, try and be an entertainer and be that escape for people and, give them some a fun night out and it's like you can have fun but just sat in your seat don't move Uh, you know it's a Mm. weird headspace and as performers we love to bounce off their energy and their energy you know they can get from us and that kind of thing and we're kind of having to tell the audience to not give out too much energy which is but we've still got to be on our game and give out as much energy and put on the same show basically um so it's yeah. it has its challenges but i'm just so looking forward to doing a show in the first place that i yeah. don't really yeah. mind what the, the regulations are just get me on a stage because it's been way too long it's been over six months and yeah i'm, I'm hoping i remember lyrics and how to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh brilliant thank you so much for sharing is there anything else you would like to share with the audience or with me before we finish up Oh, I guess I hope everyone out there is doing okay and um, we'll be out of this sooner rather than later because I I miss being able to catch up with, you know, artists and fans at shows and that social element that music brings. So hopefully we'll all be doing that again sometime soon and I hope that this new music will be out at the start of the, the new year and it'll give people that little spring in the step that they might need. Amazing. Thank you so much. Keep keep moving forward and keep having fun, um, <laughs> which is I can see what you're putting into the world and that's what exactly what we need. So thank you very much. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining our songwriters, Tris, today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, follow us on Facebook or Instagram and subscribe. To contact me or learn more, visit my website, www.ray-lee.com.